It's time for the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. I'm Jason Odell. I'm Rick Walker. Good to be back with you, Rick. Good to be back with our listeners. Um, we had a really fun trip uh, recently when we did our little workshop in Santa Fe. Really great group of, of uh, clients with us. I think everybody got some fun photos. Yeah, I think so. You know, like you said, great group. And we had fun playing around in Santa Fe and then also spending a day up in Taos. Mm-hmm doing some stuff up there. And I think it was, you know, a different style of shooting than a lot of people were used to. Lots of, you know, smaller details, especially in Santa Fe. Right. Which work out well for rounding out galleries and stuff. Because it's easy to come away with a lot of broader shots. And, And those get, you know, a little bit boring to, you know, for other people to look at after a while. Yeah, we're sifting through the shots. It's, you know, Santa Fe is not known for its skyline. Um, mm-hmm. So the the sort of the wide angle heroic shots just really aren't there. They're not as many things. And so I think we we did a lot of detail shooting, a lot of close-ups, um, you know, and, and everything else in between. The Taos Pueblo was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Those buildings go back, what, to a thousand ad or something like yeah. that it's crazy yeah um and then some of the old churches on the high road to taos were built in the you know mid 1700s so those are original spanish colonial stuff you know it's yeah very cool not old for some countries but old for us <laughs> yeah definitely especially out this way too um out west there's yeah. no, at least in the you know american architecture is pretty pretty recent out here so it's cool to see that kind of stuff. And we had a, a good time shooting and um, uh, we even did a little bit of film shooting, which we'll talk about next week when we get things yeah. back. Um, but uh, in, in all, it was a wonderful group of people. We had a, a great time. I think everybody learned a lot, got some creative ideas for some techniques that they might not have thought about. Otherwise, I know we were doing things like multiple exposures and swipes and all kinds of fun things, zooms. It was great. Yeah, I had a good time as well. Um, Fun stuff. I did use at least one new thing on the trip, which was I I took my Fuji medium format camera just for that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. To play masochist, you know, in terms of greater size and weight. It wasn't bad because I limited myself to just two lenses at a time. But I used the new 20 to 35 millimeter zoom that they came out with that filled a much needed range. And I'll, I'll, I'll just make this really simple. It is a great lens. Yeah. <laughs> if you get it, you're going to like it. It's what, sharp. what is that? What is that no equivalent downside. to in 35 millimeter format? What's the it's equivalent? It's a, like a 16 to 28. Okay. So a wide. Yeah. It's a fixed F4. Nice. Yeah. Great lens. Yes. Definitely a fun experience. The fall colors were happening uh, mm-hmm. down there and, uh, you know, Santa Fe is almost 7,000 feet elevation or right around it. So not too right. different from where we live here in, in Colorado Springs. Right. So that was, um, so we were acclimated to it. Um, and we even had some nice clouds one day. We got those picture perfect. Um, I did a lot of black and white conversion, you know, Ansel Adams style, mm-hmm. under, you know, black skies, but it looks great there. It really works. Oh yeah. I know that, I know that it can feel cliche, but my goodness, those, you know, the old Adobe architecture would white puffy clouds was awesome it was great yeah yeah it's a it's a fun place to go and the food's really good too 
Yes, we didn't do quite as much food photography because we were hungry and we were more interested in eating it than taking pictures. <laughs> we did pictures well on that it. front. So that was good. Yeah, I had to I had to dial back, but my goodness, the the chili in New Mexico is just so much better than what you get in a lot of other places. It's it's truly part of the experience down there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Which is a reminder when you're going somewhere, even if you're intent is photography don't forget to enjoy the culture and the food in the place that yeah, you're going try some things you wouldn't normally experience we had that happen within our group and um they came away with some new loves so yeah, that was, that was fun true. to see it's true yeah. and if you're not sure which chili to get in new mexico order it christmas style they'll give you some green and some red and you can see which one you like better yep it's all good um Real, realistically this week other than sifting through photos and, and and looking through stuff from our trip the the big news has been um there uh, big news i don't know but it the news is that there's been a couple of product announcements a few new cameras um and some other things so let's talk about those there's a new sony a new olympus and then the z9 from nikon got it, its firmware upgraded to 3.0 just the other day and we'll talk mm -hmm. briefly about that you want to start with the Sony, Rick? Sure. So this is one of the their A7R series, which are, you know, the R stands for resolution. So they're a higher resolution model. This one's 61 megapixels. It uses the same sensor as the previous A7R4. And that's a camera that I actually owned for several years. So I had some experience with it. Um, they've at least looking at the specs and stuff for it and what they've changed seems to me like they did a really nice job with it. They, um, because they hit all the areas that frustrated me a little bit. And to be clear, the a7R4 is a great camera. Um, they didn't touch the sensor, but they put in newer, faster processor because that camera would, did not feel that responsive to use. Hmm. Everything I've seen says they fixed that. They put in the subject detection autofocus, which like we've talked about many times is a wonderful tool if you do um, the kind of shooting that um, aligns with it, you know, wildlife photography, bird photography, mm -hmm. sports stuff, right? Um, things of that sort. They um, implemented a, a, a new design for the, how the LCD display display on the back works. It's it's the way I would describe it is it's kind of a best of both worlds. It has the thing that we both really like on like your Z9 and my Fuji medium format camera where it's that three-way tilt thing, but also has a mechanism where it'll go to the side and oh, face out. the front. And if you were going to pick one design, in my opinion, that's the one you would pick. That's seems very flexible, flexible. Mm -hmm. It looks plenty rugged enough. Might be a little bit bulky, but not bad. So that's cool. It looks like they've improved the uh, EVF too. Yeah. Yeah. They took that one up a fair amount. And that's one thing I did notice with the previous one where even though its specs were good, in actual shooting, it was a little bit, yeah, you know, where when you would focus, you would just see a, very strong degradation in resolution that hmm. you know it didn't hurt things a lot but it was just a little bit unpleasant so that's uh, i think fixed and then they've enhanced the video stuff in ways that i wouldn't even <laughs> right. probably think about to be honest given that yeah. i never even used the camera for video that i recall maybe well, once it's still a valid use case for these cameras but, but it, it looks like a great model for sony owners especially 
if someone is wanting to move to a higher resolution body, um, but not, you know, pay the price of an alpha one. Yeah. So let's see the price of this one slots in at, at least right now in the U S just under $3,900, which is not inexpensive, but for a 60 megapixel camera, that's, that's about right. About what you would expect. Um, so, um, now, there are deals on the A7R4 right now, but uh, like you said, if the shooting experience is a little bit better, sometimes that's worth it. Um, you know, and and especially for for mirrorless cameras, uh, th- this is huge because I think where a lot of people, um, and we've talked about it before, but a lot of people who are still shooting DSLRs, they do get hung up on the idea of using an electronic viewfinder. There's, mm-hmm. there's some hesitation there. There's some, there's, there, there's stuff. And the early EVFs were pretty terrible, much awful. Yeah. They were garbage. Uh, they, they didn't have the refresh rates. They just, they just weren't very good. Um, these days now they're all mostly very good. Um, there's some differences, but you know, the EVF experience is, is pretty, pretty much pleasant across the range for the most part with some exceptions, but you know, at least with what I've been using, I, I, I'll just say that when I picked up my first Nikon Z, the EVF didn't bother me. In fact, I, I grew to really like it, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. kind of nice, but yeah. I can understand that, that hesitation. But, you know, it's also got increased use to use of the um, touch screen feature for mm-hmm. controlling things, which is really nice. That, yeah, that's And it has feature. the improved menus that, that are also found in the alpha one. And, you know, honestly, with the menus, none of them have been terrible. Sometimes reviewers play them out to be, but some people have a fetish about uh, (laughs) menus. Honestly, if you're a normal person and not using a bazillion different cameras, you're not going to have a problem with any of them out there, but it does have the new ones. I I think that's the key. If you start juggling a lot of different camera systems, then you're going to just run into mental blocks with with menus yeah but if you just learn your system you'll be fine yeah. and i think that i think that's probably 99 percent of photographers yeah um so there. my my take on it is it's not a camera i would buy i'm happy with what i have but it looks like a really nice solid release excellent i think a lot of people will appreciate now the other camera that came out this week was the formerly olympus now om system uh om5 Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a small form. Uh, these are um, micro four thirds cameras. So we're talking about effectively a sensor that is two X crop from a 35 millimeter format. So, so mm-hmm. double the focal length uh, to, to get your effective. This is a 20 megapixel, 20.4 megapixel camera. Um, and uh, 20. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 20, 20.4. Um I'm just reading the spec, but yeah, yeah. call it 20. That's all good. Oh, I thought you, I th- thought I heard 24 seconds. No, nope. never Point. mind. There, there's a mark in there, there's a decimal in there, but it's yeah. all good. Um, so let's talk about this one. Um, because you know, Olympus was was touting it. Um, you know, it's got weather sealing and all these good features, which is what you want. I mean, that's it's true, and it's and it's slotted in at a pretty reasonable price coming in at at uh, just under 1200 US, which is you know, for a for a camera body, uh, that's that's not unreasonable uh, mirrorless stuff. And as we talked about in the past, Olympus's advantage with the Micro Four Thirds is its kit is very small. You can mm-hmm. make a very small compact kit. 
So what do you think about this one then? Well, you know, our, I think our listeners know from our coverage of the OM-1, I think that's a brilliant little camera. I, I love mine. I really do. It's just fabulous to use. This one underwhelmed me. Okay. It really did. And that doesn't mean it's not a good camera. I think it's, I'm certain it's a good camera. But it feels like they took the firmware from their older EM-1 Mark III camera, which I owned in the past and was a good camera, but it's several years old, mm -hmm. and put it into another, into a body that they reused from the EM-5 Mark III, which wasn't that great of body, you know, kind of plasticky, mm -hmm. um, lacks a joystick, which I definitely want on any new camera. Um, it has I that D-pad on the back, but there's no Yeah. To me, this one feels a little bit like a cynical update where it was, you know, parts bin stuff. Hey, we got firmware from this camera. We've got the body from this one. Let's slap them together and call it a new one and not spend a whole lot of money on R&D. And I think that's what it was. But again, it doesn't mean it's a bad camera, but I was really expecting more given mm -hmm. how good the OM-1 was. I was hoping, you know, that it might be a little brother or a little sister to that in some way, but it's... Yeah, mm. it, I mean, it does get a newer processor, which never hurts. Yeah, um, but if they were to... I think that's just to support some of the features that the EM-1 Mark III had. And, um, and I'm just looking... Computational um, ones. You know, I'm doing a quick comparison over at B&H because it's easy to compare specs yeah. there. And it's not, nothing is really jumping out at me when I compare the OM5 with the OMDE M5 Mark III. If nothing else is the OM5 has a shorter, a shorter name that's easy to remember. Right. But, but it does look to be on paper very similar. Now, I don't know any of these things. I don't own them, but um, mm -hmm. I do like Olympus cameras. I, I, I will say that. Um, and, uh, you know, just on the side, my dad just bought an OM-1 because I, I suggested that for him because he's at that point where that 2X crop really helps for wildlife. And then the size of the kit is just so much smaller. I think uh, for him, it's a it's an awesome choice. And like I said, it it is just a delightful camera to use. It really is on a long-term basis. It's not mm -hmm. one of those things where you like it for a week and then it's like, oh, right. and, it's, and, it's yeah. really nice. So anyway, but that's out there. And so if, if people are looking to get into, you know, the Olympus on the OM system side, you know, and again, I, you know, this was the branding that changed when Olympus got mm -hmm. sold. Um, so I, I don't know anything about future support of the other cameras, but I wouldn't, I can't imagine that Olympus or OM system wouldn't support the, the previously called Olympus cameras no uh, they will so so there's no reason uh, to um you know in in comparison the the omd and em5 mark three is about 900 for a body so this one's 300 more um so i think to your point is what is that 300 getting you if you were gonna change out i don't i don't know but like you said all the cameras coming out these days are always good it just comes down to nuance and personal experience and, and budget how you, yeah, your budget and how you use them and what, what features that you personally find 
pleasant to use. You know, <laughs> some people might not care. There's no joystick on the back of that camera, and that's great. It's not a problem. Right. Um, yeah. And then last on our list is the is not a new camera, but it's a new firmware for the Nikon Z9, which I of course happen to own. Um, and they called it 3.0. I probably would have called it 2.5, but <laughs> whatever 2.x. But uh, it doesn't it, mean it's bad. No, it's um, uh, the 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 good news is that compared to firmware two, which really made some massive wholesale changes to menu items and things like that, this one isn't quite that. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it's all that much on paper. Uh, they have added a lot of cool features for video. The the big marketing thing was there's a digital zoom function while you're shooting video now because you know, the mm -hmm. sensor is so so large and you're not using all of it to capture video. Um, and you can assign that zoom function to your control ring on a lens or to function buttons or to the, you know, whatever. And there's lots of ways to do it. I don't shoot video. I mean, same as you. So mm -hmm. that to me was, wasn't important to me, but there are some really solid features for video. Um, on the still side, the thing that they touted the most was the addition of a new... Um, high speed 60 frames per second option which slots in between the 30 and the 120 um, mm -hmm. this is an interesting feature on, on that camera uh, however there are some significant limitations so again that didn't so this one didn't like jump out as me as being oh this is awesome but i could see some people wanting wanting to use it the the constraint with these high speed modes at least with the z9 is that you're shooting jpeg and in the case of the the c60 i think the the 120 frames you're shooting dx crop you can't mm -hmm. choose the the size of the file it's going to be you know this is coming out as a jpeg now for a lot of sports photographers that might be exactly what you want um and this is the mode with the z9 where you can set the pre-release burst option so it starts capturing frames when you're nice. holding down the shutter halfway um i had a little webinar uh on it with some of the people who've bought my ebook to just talk about the new firmware. And here was something that, that one of our friends, one of, one of my clients and, and longtime uh, listener brought up, he goes, you know, with these features, you could go out on a tripod and set up as long as you're happy with JPEG and you could set up to shoot lightning. Cause when you see the flash, yeah. you press the button and then it's going to capture maybe a second before or even a half a second before whatever you set it mm -hmm. to. And you might get your lightning burst without having to invest in one of those lightning detector things. That's a good thought. I thought that was a very cool use case. Um, yeah. I mean, the obvious things, and there was times where we saw it, like on Mount Evans, there were marmots and they would be doing their little alarm call. And you want to capture that mouth open. The problem is you can almost right. never time it. So having yeah. that burst mode. Now, that's somewhere where we've talked about in the past that Olympus actually does raw. And I would love that feature in the Nikon. Yeah. The other yeah. stuff in the Z9 firmware is actually tiny things, but they all add up to some very nice improvements, including uh, more ways to configure custom buttons and more buttons now being open to be customized. So for example, there's a ISO button on the vertical grip. Previously, this button was always just dedicated for ISO but now you can set it to dis different custom functions. Um, and for me, that's actually great because I rarely change ISO when I'm shooting handheld stuff because I'm using auto ISO. Mm -hmm. um, 
they've added a feature that I like, which is something that I used to kludge around, but they now have a direct button to go from FX, the full frame, to DX crop just by pressing a button. And again, for wildlife and sports, that's a really cool feature because it gives you that effective zoom magnification. Well, and and like we've talked about before, with any of these newer cameras that have the the um, subject recognition features, mm-hmm. it becomes really important to have customizable buttons. Yeah, where you can quickly turn on or off subject recognition, or change the focus mode, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just becomes really important to take full advantage of those features. Mm-hmm. So and it's good to see that they moved more in that direction. Yeah. And then one other little, little feature, and you know, again, they fine-tuned something. Uh, they claim to have lowered the EV sensitivity from minus 6.5 EV to minus 7 EV. So that puts the Z9 really near the top of the group um, in terms of these flagships. Um, the only one better than it, I believe, is the Canon R3 which is a 24 megapixel camera, but it has a listed EV sensitivity of uh, minus seven and a half uh, on its side. If you get remotely in that range, oh my gosh, you're in great shape. <laughs> yeah. You're in right. great shape. But that's but you know that's three stops faster than some of the stuff that that is in Sony's and other cameras. So you know it's it's one of those things. If low light mm-hmm. performance matters to you, then that's something to consider. It's not a deal breaker most of the time because you've shot a lot of these different cameras and can never really point to something. Wow. This just wasn't good enough. You know? The only, the only time I've seen an issue with low light performance was actually in the older Sony a seven R four. Okay. We're just doing not what I would call ridiculously low light portraits. I had trouble getting the autofocus to work. I, I haven't seen that at all with the alpha one. And I want to say that's that the it, only time I've seen it. That camera, I believe, has a spec of minus three EV, mm-hmm. and with the the Alpha One being minus four, and then a Canon R five that you have is like minus six or something. And I like haven't that. gone out and measured things. No, meter, but my perception is it's it feels like more than a stop improvement. And that's good. Light. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's 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 good stuff to have. So that's what's yeah. new this week. Um, I did do a, just to say um, I did a blog. Oh, I on, forgot one other thing. Oh, whatever. A seven R five, better um, ibis. Oh, that's always good. Yeah. Yeah. That's because that, that was a little bit weak on the original one. Right. So that's cool. So um, I I did post a blog entry of my take on the Nikon firmware updates. If you're a Nikon person, you can see that at my website. Um, and I would I would recommend that anybody who owns a Z nine go not only to the firmware update page, but go to Nikon's documentation page because they they published a PDF with all the new features. And you're going to really want to read through those because that's where you'll see what the what the features are rather than just what's on the website on the marketing side. Because yeah. I actually found a lot of stuff in the firmware that they didn't really talk about that I found to be quite quite nice. So Little little things, lots of little things. None of them hurt, but it's good to see that development. It's good to see firmware updates coming out frequently for cameras. That's always a good thing. Well, this will be an interesting contrast with our next episode, which, like you mentioned toward the start, will be on the film photography that we did <laughs> right. in New Mexico. So we'll go from 2022 cameras to talking about 1980s vintage cameras and <laughs> right. film. So we'll be different. It's okay. Fun. Well, you'll have to stay around the next week to hear that and all the other cool, exciting stories that we have. So 
Um, that's all we've got for this week. So until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.